Okay, today we will be studying in Chotishut, sixth chapter, sixteenth uh, chapter. This uh, this chapter deals with um, uh, the different property that belongs to the woman and the money of the ketubah, how it, how it um, moves from the husband to the wa- from the husband to the wife after divorce or death of the husband, um, and some other um, uh, some other halachot, all connected to the payment of the ketubah. And the ketubah itself. Halakha alif. Anichasim shem mechneset aisha lebaalaha. Ben karkar ben abadim ben metaltelin. Af al pishen ichtabin bishtar ketubah. Nani kren ketubah le nedunia shemam. All the property which the woman um, gives to the husband after they get married, okay, by virtue of her being the isha of that man, by virtue of her being married to that individual, okay, these are not called ketubah. They're called nedunia. In the ketubah, the ketubah is basically a contract, and within that contract. There is, there are responsibilities of the husband towards the wife, amounts of money that he will have to pay her if he divorces her. Um, and also, in addition to that, there are the properties of the woman that she entered the marriage with. These properties are called nedunya, and these properties are divided into two types. Now, if the husband takes full responsibility over these properties, then the properties belong to him during the time in which he is married to the woman, and whatever money they make, the, the money goes to the husband, and whatever value they lose, the value is lost by the husband. And when he gives, and and when he, if he divorces or when he gives her back the property, he has to give her the property at the value it was at the time of the marriage. Now, now this is the second type of nedunya, which the husband does not take responsibility over. If the husband does not take responsibility over the nedunya, and uh, so in this case, the money, the value, the value change of the nedunya is. Um, the the wife loses whatever value is lost or gains whatever value is gained, and this is what we call nixe melog. So there's nixe son barzel responsibility of the husband. Nixe melog is under the responsibility of the wife, and it is um, stays under her um, uh, power. And any properties which the wife did not write on the ketubah when they got married. Anything that stayed hers or that it came to her in, uh, some sort of inheritance after she got married or that she got it as a present. All these are called nixem because the husband does not have responsibility over them even if they're not written in the ketubah. Um, although the classic nixem are nixem that are under the nedunya and the, in other words that are under the ketubah that are written inside the ketubah. And what we call ketubah in general, when in general we say ketubah, the husband we say the husband has to pay ketubah. We're talking about the minimum amount that was designated by hachamim plus the addition that the husband said he would give by himself um, of money if um, upon divorce. We already in Perek Yod, we um, uh, spoke about the fact that Hachamim prescribed that the wife must have a Ketubah when getting married. And that whatever added money is um, uh, said, whatever added money the husband gives, in addition to the minimum, yes, he would have to he would have to give if he divorced the wife, is called also ikara ketubah. Is nevertheless part of the ketubah itself. Um, now, interesting point here. <laughs> According to Harambam, the ketubah is a not a scriptural law, but rather um, a law designated by the sages. And also, the ketubah cannot be taken by the wife whenever she wants to. If she decides to divorce, yalla, she gets the ketubah. But rather, this is something that has a specific time. It's what we call davar sheish lo zeman, a something, a payment which has a time by the payer to the person that needs to be paid to, according to this contract, and the time being the time of divorce and after. And the ketubah is only given, the, the money of the ketubah is only given to the wife after the husband died or after he divorced the wife. The continuation of Halakha Gimel, Gimel 2 in the Makbili edition. Now, there are three types of sadot in Jewish law. There is 
עדית, בינונית, and ציבורית. עדית is the nicest type of שדה, בינונית is the medium, middle, um, uh, in, in, it's not, in how good it is, and how, how much the, the, the produce of that field is worth, and ציבורית um, is the worst type. Now, מעקרדין, from scriptural law, when somebody owes somebody else money, that somebody else could take the money from the Sadeh and it only from the Ziburit, from the least good Sadeh. Hachamim made a special decree that when an individual owes somebody else money and that somebody else is taking the money from a Sadeh, he takes it from the, mid, from the medium um, Sadeh, from the, what we call Benonit. Why? So that people um, don't mind um, uh, um, uh, lending money to each other. However, in the, in the, in, in the case of a wife versus a husband, we leave it as, the, the sages left it at scriptural law, how come? To not, um, uh, um, uh, so that husbands do not, not have incentive to marry women. In other words, to not take away incentive of marrying women. Oh, if, if I have to pay enough for the best sadeh, from the middle sadeh, I don't want to, now when I get a divorce, I'm going to pay from the middle, my middle sadeh, it's not going to be good, the average sadeh. So, that we say, we leave it at ziburit. Also, um, marriage is not something we need to encourage because it's something people do nevertheless. It's not something that, that hachamim have a, have a special incentive to encourage because it's something people will do without special incentive. Also, hachamim decreed that when the woman comes to get her ketubah, if it's after the death of the husband or if, or if the husband divorced her, she goes to the bedin to receive the money of her ketubah, um, Actually, in this case, it's only after the death of the husband. So after the death of the husband, the woman would go to the bedin to receive the money that her, the husband owes her, that the husband is responsible to, to give her in the, um, based on what is written in the ketubah. She takes it only after swearing on, in a swear called nikitat haifiz. What is nikitat haifiz? When you swear with the sefer Torah or tefillin in certain cases, um, in this case, it's a sefer Torah, that, what does she have to swear? That the husband did not leave her anything, any extra money, so that would be subtracted from the original money of the ketubah. So for example, if the ketubah was worth 200 and the husband gave her left her 50, then she would have to, she would only receive 150 for the ketubah based on, because she already received 50 from the husband previously. Also that she did not sell the ketubah to somebody else, sell the responsibility of the ketubah to somebody else, which the husband would have to pay that somebody else instead of the wife. Or also that she did not give up the ketubah, um, tell the husband, I give up my ketubah and now she wants to go receive the ketubah. She has to swear that she did not give up the ketubah so that she doesn't steal money that is not hers. And the bedin also sees how much money is on the wife, how much money um, she received from the husband. And we take that away from the ketubah, we subtract that from the amount of money of the ketubah. So for example, if the woman had property that she received from the husband worth 50 and the ketubah was 200, so we subtract 50 from the 200 and now the bedin is only responsible to give the woman 150. However, if the husband divorced the woman, okay, in a case which the husband did not die, but rather the woman was divorced, in this case, she does not need to make a shibua because it is the husband, um, uh, because it is the husband that um uh, that decided to divorce her and also the clothing that are on the woman or whatever property she received from the husband after divorce we do not consider this we do not subtract this from the original amount of money in the ketubah because the husband is he who decided to divorce the woman and it is not some a non-clear amount of money that she received she received this from her husband and the husband knew that when he's divorcing her he's going to have to pay the full money of the ketubah and this is a little different than the case when the husband died because when the husband died we know that maybe he had a certain kavana incentive to when he by paying her to take to subtract that from the ketubah here we know we know for a fact that he did not have that incentive by divorcing her um and therefore um he has to give her the full amount of the ketubah and we do not subtract based on the amount of things that the wife received from the husband as well as she, the fact that she does not need to make a shibu'ah. Also the Chachamim decreed Also it was decreed that the, um, a widow does not, she only takes her ketubah from, um, uh, from real estate. Okay, she only receives the money of their ketubah from real estate. And she does not take um, uh, the amount of money the real estate, the, the value that the real estate um, uh, went up on after the death of the husband. So for example, let's say um, the wife had to receive, at the time of the death of the husband, the amount of real estate that the wife was supposed to receive was one acre of land. And there was a one acre that was designated for the woman to take as a ketubah from her husband that, that passed away. And now that one acre went up in value, okay? And now really she should be taking, if it was at the time of the death, she would have been taking seven hundred, uh, a fifth, a half an acre. So we give her, we don't give her one acre with the went, that went up in value, but we take down, we, we, we go, um, uh, we, we give her half an acre 
based on the value written in the ketubah. So if the value written in the ketubah was $100, and at the, time, at the time of the death of the husband, one acre was worth $100, and she didn't take it, and until she took it, one acre was worth $200, now we're going to give her half an acre, because she only needs $100 from the ketubah. This is a decree of the sages. Also, there is a special decree by the sages in general that the husband, if he takes responsibility on paying for the amount of, on the paying for the foods of the girls of his wife, then this payment does not. Also, we don't we don't uh, calculate the value up in land and down in land um, when paying them, but rather we pay them the exact amount of money at the time of payment. And okay, so usually when somebody um, uh, owes somebody else money, and at the time he wanted to take the money, uh, okay, we have Shimon and Levi. I'm going to give an example. Shimon lent a hundred dollars from Levi, and now he needs to pay back Levi a hundred dollars. So Levi, at a certain after a certain amount of time, based on whatever un- contract was made, Levi may take the hundred dollars from Shimon's real estate. Now, if the time came for Shimon to pay, his real estate was worth, let's say, part of his real estate was worth a hundred dollars, and then that same part of real estate went up in value to one hundred and ten dollars after a short while, Levi may take whatever added value was put in the real estate. Because at the time the the lend the, the at the time he was supposed to receive his money back, that amount of real estate was worth a hundred dollars, and he makes he gets the profit from the property. However, with the wife, the case is not such, and this is what we call kulet ketubah, and this is all because these laws are laws instated in in in, in uh, placed by the sages, and therefore um, they are also um, the sages the same sages that put them in place in certain situations could take them at could not put them in place in other situations and another um, uh, thing in the ketubah that is less um, uh, hamur than in regular cases that the woman takes the money of a ketubah from the least good currency now this is in a case in which in the ketubah there is no currency specifically mentioned so for example somebody married a woman in the US and in the US um, and he did not specify the currency he said in the ketubah 200 I will give her 200 if I divorce her and now they move to Israel so, for example, somebody moved to the U.S. and now they moved to Israel, and, um, uh, and 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 in the U.S. there was no designated currency on the ketubah, so they wrote, let's say, two hundred on the ketubah, and now they move back to they moved to Israel, um, uh, and they divorce in Israel. Now there's two hundred in the ketubah, so they did two hundred U.S. dollars or two hundred shekels, new Israeli shekels. They would give two hundred new Israeli shekels unless a currency was specifically specified within the ketubah, and this is what we'll see in the next halacha. Um, so. However, if a specific currency was mentioned in the Ketubah, then the husband will have to pay the wife from the specific currency upon divorce. And not just from the generalized amount of money that was mentioned in the currency of whatever place they're in. All, okay, so the Geonim are the sages that, that, um, uh, that came after the Emoraim, after the, 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 the closing of the Talmud. Um, there was a short amount of time called the time of the Sivoraim. I'm skipping that, that. That was only two generations. The main um, uh, the, 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 uh, block of about 400 to 500 years after the Talmud, there was a time that we called the time of the Geonim. Now, in, the Geonim had different um, uh, um, centers of Torah, different yeshivot, and sometimes the yeshivot would disagree. So in this specific case, we have something that a takana of the Geonim made, then in all, in all the yeshivot, they agreed on this takana. So made a special takana that the woman may take the money of her ketubah uh, that the husband owes her for the ketubah after the husband dies also from movable property. Now we said in halakha that Hachamim said that the woman, a, a, divorce, a, a, a widow, takes only from real estate. However, the Geonim made a decree that no, she may also take from movable property. The same way a regular person that owes another person money, the person who is owed money to, may take from the other person, from the person who owes him money, um, from real estate as well as movable property. So this is something. So now, really, there's a question: How could the Shiva of the Geonim? Which is smaller or less great than the yeshiva of the of, of the gemara or of the tanaim? Make a decree against the yeshiva of the tanaim or the gemara. How could they do such a thing? So the answer is they did not make a takana against. Okay, but rather 
they simply um uh, they simply what we call um uh, they, they the takana they made was to put the status of a ketubah like the status of when person A owes person B money. Now, this is a subject which needs a, a lot more time to explain. I just gave a small explanation. This explanation isn't too clear, but whoever understands it will understand it. And there's, I, I recommend that anybody wants to understand this in depth, um, look at the different perushim. Perusha, I highly recommend this is the perushim of Rabbi Rabinovitz, uh, Rabinowitz um, uh, of Ma'alea Dumim, Perushiat Peshuta. It's explained nicely there. Um, and this takana made by the Geonim um, spread out in all of Israel. Also, all the conditions mentioned in the Ketubah, all the conditions, let's say the husband, we write in a, a different a, a monetary condition that the husband will have to fulfill in certain case A, B, or C. They're also like the base Ketubah. We said the base Ketubah is the minimum the Hachamim specified plus the addition that the husband promised. So it's also plus whatever extra conditions were added in the Ketubah. And also they may be paid. They, 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 they are, um, uh, the, the responsibilities are on movable property as well as real estate. Except something which is called um, uh, in short, is when the husband takes responsibility on paying for the food or, 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 or the monetary needs of the children, the, the male children of the wife. In this case, because of whatever reason, which I cannot get into, it was there was a mahlokit in the yeshivot of the ge'onim, and therefore, that in, in the case of as I explained before, we go by what it says in the Talmud. In the Talmud, it says that the, the wife could only take the money for, the, for this specific condition of Ketubat Benin Dikhrin from um, real estate and not from movable property. So it was decreed already in all the places in which in Haram Bam's time that Haram Bam knew about that um, uh, they write in the Ketubah in the place in the Ketubah in which we specify where the money for the Ketubah could be paid from that it could be paid from real estate as well as movable property and this is mentioned inside the Ketubah itself so that we don't need to um, uh, so, so, so we don't. We, in other words, in a clear fashion, and we'll see what happens if it isn't written in a clear fashion. Where the money of the ketubah could be paid from to the wife, and we'll see that in the next halacha. And this is a big tikkun. This is a big good, a very good um, uh, thing to do on the ketubah. Um, and Haram Bam says that smart people are those who um, uh, made this tikkun, made this um, uh, you know minhag. Um, because this is what we call Tenayshi Bimono. Tenayshi Bimono is any condition, any monetary condition in a contract. Um, it is important if you specify in it. The Ketubah is like any other monetary condition, any monetary contract. And therefore, when you specify in it um, where the money could be taken from to pay for this monetary contract, it is it falls under the laws of Tenayshi of what Hilchot Mamon, Hilchot you know Kinyan. Um, we have monetary laws, and therefore the Ketubah um, goes to the status of a monetary law in this case, um, and, and we don't need to make it unclear where the husband pays the wife from, because it's just like any other monetary deal. And also we see that according to this, um, the wife may take the money for the Ketubah, okay, from movable property, and... Um, uh, what does that mean? When the Geonim made a takana that the wife could take the money, uh, a widow could take the money for, from, of, of the ketubah that her husband owes her from movable property, we meant that um, uh, this is in the case where it is not specified in the ketubah where the wife might, may take the money from. However, when you specify where the wife may take the money from in a case in which her husband would die, then it's not takanat haronim. This doesn't fall under the case of the, the, what the geonim were talking about. Rather, it goes back to Talmudic law, in, in which in Talmudic law, Talmudic law says that any monetary contract which is specified in the contract where one where the money that one owes to another comes from and is paid to, then this is already Talmudic law, and this doesn't go under that funny funny situation of the geonim, um, which which is a little bit which is an interesting uh, law in itself, which has to be um, understood in more in depth than the following class allows. Now somebody, now we have a case in which 
It was not mentioned inside the ketubah specifically where the where the wife may take the money of the ketubah from from mektaltelin, from karka, from real estate, or from or from movable property. If at the time of the writing of the ketubah, the husband knew about this takana of the geonim that she may take also, if she becomes a widow, she may take also from movable property, then she may take from the movable property because the husband knew about this at the time of the making of the ketubah and it was not specifically mentioned in the ketubah what money, uh, what place the money could be, be taken out to pay for her. So therefore the takana of the geonim works in this case. However, ve'im lav, o she lanu hadabar, mityashibin vedabar zeh harbe she'en koach betakana ta geonim ladun baha afal pi shelo nitparesha kedin tenaye ketubah she'en takana ta sanedin gedola she'en takana ta sanedin gedola ad she'nosib baha mamon min hayorashin. And if we do not know if the husband knew or if we know that the husband did not know about the takana ta geonim then mityashibin vedabar zeh harbe we have to um, uh, do some more hakirot, the bedin has to um, uh, go, go more into depth um, given uh, with a specific situation in a private manner for each situation um, uh, evaluate what the how the situation is whether or not we could use the takanah of or not whether or not the wife could take from the movable property or she must only take from real estate if she became a widow halachayod The following halachot deal, uh, the following couple of halachot, like seven or eight halachot, deal with what we call When the property of the husband is made, as they so to speak, res- uh, made responsible to pay the woman from and how we do this. So not all properties that the husband owns, we may take the ketubah from, the money of the ketubah from, or maybe yes, maybe no, we'll see in the following halakhot. Halakhayot. Ve'od tekenu hachamim shiukon nekseh ba'al ha'ra'in ve'arba'in la'ketubah. Afilu ketubah ta'amane ve'ish lokalka'a ba'alpaim zehu imakol ta'at she'abuda ketubah. Any property that the husband owns, the woman may take the money of the ketubah from that property. Even if the husband has millions of dollars worth of property and his ketubah is only a thousand dollars to the wife, she may take from whatever property and it is all under the Bedin's ability to take from that from that property. What is the difference? What does it mean? What does this mean? If the husband has, let's say, a million dollars worth of property, and according to the Ketubah contract, he has to pay the wife only a thousand dollars. The Bedin may decide where to take the thousand dollars from, whether from his hotels, houses, um, real estate, movable property, whatever they want to, because all of the property is under the, um, uh, for the Ketubah. Also, if the husband sold his property, which he may do, the wife still may, after the husband divorces her or dies, may take the money of the property from the person who bought the property from the husband in a case in which the husband doesn't have any other property to pay her from. In other words, the husband leave, didn't leave any property to pay the wife from. He sold everything before he died. And now the wife needs to receive $1,000, let's say, for a ketubah, for example. So she may take this $1,000 from one of the people that bought property from the husband. And this is, again, this is done by the biddin. And also when she takes this money, she does it by making a shivu'ah that um, just like anybody else who owes somebody else money and takes it and takes it from the property of somebody that bought the property from, from the, the person who paid, like in this type of case. Um, so the ketubah is not like light in his eyes, but rather he takes it seriously and understands that this is a very serious business. When the wife makes a shivu'ah to receive the money of her ketubah, in whichever case needs, she needs to make a shivu'ah, she doesn't do it inside the, the walls of the bedin, but she does it outside the bedin because we don't want it to be bizayon bedin, uh, a disrespect to the bedin itself, if the wife does not make the shivu'ah properly, um, because the, the case of a shivu'ah is something that the wife may, there's more potential, there's a case of a shivu'ah for ketubah is a case in which there's more potential for the wife to make a shivu'ah check it either on, on purpose or not. Therefore, we don't want to take that chance by making the shivu'ah in the bedin, but rather we do it outside the bedin. Um... I, I um, must say, this, this salacha wasn't so clear to me when I read it. 
Um, I'm going to explain what I think it means, and if anybody has any other perush, any other explanation to it, I'd love to hear and be explained what this halacha means. Um, if there's a type of case here in which somehow the wife can make a neder instead of a shivua, when nederim are a little bit less um, serious of a transgression than a shivua, and in this type of neder, which I'm not exactly sure how it's done, she may do it within the walls of the bedin and outside the bedin. And if anybody has a deeper explanation, um, a more understand, a more clear explanation, please feel free to share it. Halacha yobet meta almana kodesh tishaba in yorishin yorishin mekatubat hakelum she'en la kitubat tishaba. If the if the widow died before she made the shibua, before she sweared that she needs to receive whatever property she needs to receive, then her inheritors do not inherit from her anything because there's no inheritance until she makes the shibua. However, after divorce, if she gets married after divorce or death of the husband, then she may make a shivu, she, she still may make a shivu in order to receive the money, um, uh, even after she got re. But she's not allowed to make a neder to take her um uh, her, her the money of the ketubah, um, because um in the case of a neder, her new husband could. Um, um, uh, do what's called hafarad nedarim, just by saying he cancels her neder. If the husband doesn't want her to make nedarim, etc. This is an old in the beginning of the parashat, parashat patot. Um, so she doesn't make a neder because that's something that has, her husband, her new husband, could take could cancel. But rather shivuah, he cannot cancel, and therefore she does it. Yehad gimal yehad yehad lahakarka bechtubatah. If the husband specified designated a certain land to pay the wife's ketubah from, whether this land was 100% designated or only one part, one side of the land from one direction, there was a specific specification, she may take her, her ketubah from there without making a shibu'ah in the case of the husband dying. Also, if the, the husband specifically designated movable property to pay the wife, the wife from uh, the ketubah, the wife from, or even if those movable properties were sold and specific other movable property was bought in, in those play in on those movable properties place, then the wife may take them without making shibua because they were designated in advance by the husband. A woman who does what's called pegimat ketubah, and we'll see in the in, in a little bit what a pegimat ketubah is. She does not um, get the money of the ketubah unless she makes a shivua. Kesa dosia shetar ketubah sheish bo elef zuz. Abalom and it kabela hakol. In a case in which the, there's, a, there's a disagreement between the husband and wife in, in, in the Bedin, the husband says he gave the wife money. And the, money, the wife says, no, I didn't get her. I got half of the ketubah. Um, and such, such cases, I'm not going to get into the little um, details of the salakha, then she still has to make a shivua. Because there's an uh, idiosyncrasy between there's there's a lack of um, a lack of um, uh, because the the husband and wife are not in sync on the matter, so therefore the wife makes the shivua and not the husband, um, because the wife is the one receiving the money and not the husband. The husband says that he paid all the money to the wife. Now, the wife says that she didn't receive any money. In the case in which the wife says she received some money, that's called and she makes a shiwa'a and, and she, she may go. But in the case where she says she didn't receive anything, she normally wouldn't have to make a shiwa'a in Kitat Haifas. She would make, uh, she, she, the Bedin would have to decide, or she would do shiwa'at hisset. Um, and she wanted to say to the shivua, which she can move to the other person also. She does. She's not the only one who has to make the shivua. She can say, hey, "You make the shivua also to the husband. Make the shivua that you paid me, and I'll make the shivua that you didn't pay me." Okay. Um, but we have a case here in which we have one witness saying that he saw the wife getting part of it or all of the money. Even though it's one witness, usually we don't use one witness here because we have one witness. 
um, she has to make a shavuah, a regular shavuah, not shavuah hesed. Okay. A wife who goes to the Bedin to receive the money of the, of the Ketubah not in front of the husband, she may do this only by making a Shavu'ah. An example, for example, the husband left, um, divorced the wife, and then went, went to a different country or disappeared. Um, we don't know where he went. So the Bedin, after the wife swears that, that he owes her the money of the Ketubah, um, the relevant square, the relevant shibu'ah, so the um, uh, um, uh, the betin gives the wife the money from the husband's properties. And this is only in a case in which the husband is in a far place, which it would be very, very strenuous, uh, arduous task to tell him about the ketubah. However, if he or he disappeared. Um, However, if the husband isn't so far away, for example, in another city or something like that, then they do go and tell him, um, and, and, they, and, and, and she does not, and if he doesn't come, she does not need to make, she makes a shivwa nevertheless. A woman who does what's called where she says that the husband owes her less then then is written on the ketubah then she may receive the money of the ketubah without making a shavuah the husband says he paid her the money he paid her everything and she says no I didn't get anything and the amount of money written on the ketubah was um uh, he owes me five hundred and the amount of money written on the ketubah let's say a thousand is was was a un, uh, unwritten contract between me and him um you know in the time of divorce and he's only has to pay me five hundred so in this case she does not need to make a shivua because she's moldabi miksata ta'ana abali mamirain bishtar ketubati ala hamish meot ena nifrad bishtar zeh shishbo elif kelum sharebi telauto v'chi ilu hodat shu shekel v'chach mishbash shuat eset v'niftar but however if the wife doesn't say that no. This what it says on, on the ketubah is valid. The thousand it says on the ketubah has had some validity. She but she says the validity of the thousand is completely the, the thousand that is mentioned on, mentioned on the ketubah is completely unvalid. In this case, she does what is called shewat eset because she's uh, she com- doesn't agree at all that the ketubah is right. She says the whole ketubah is sheker. Even though she says the husband would owe her whatever money, she doesn't agree with the, what it says on the ketubah, and therefore she does what's called shewat eset, um, a shewat which. Either her or the husband make, and the issue is closed. So, in a place, this in, in the following Allah is going to deal with the actual payment of the ketubah from the husband to the wife in a case of divorce. So in any place, or in case of the widowing of the wife, in any case in which we said that the wife has to make a shivu'ah in order to receive the money of the, of the, of the ketubah, then the bedin tells her, make a shivu'ah and take the, and take the money. And in a, in a case in which we said that she does not need to make a shibu'ah, in this case they tell the husband, please give the money that you owe to the wife, and you have no um, uh, ta'ana, no um, uh, case against not giving the money. If the husband tells her, tells the wife that she, the husband says, you know what, um, I want the wife to swear, then we make her swear in Kitat Haifas with a separate Torah. Halakha, a continuation of Halakha Yotet, Itna'am maha shetir be ketubataha belo shibu'ah, O shi ne'emenet bechol ma shetit'on, Gova mimenu belo shibu'ah kela, Laba limbat liparam yoreshab, Tishabah v'achakach titon. If there was a conditioning in the ketubah that the husband, with the husband and wife, that she could take the ketubah without making a shibu'ah, or that she was what we call ne'emenet, which means... Which means that for whatever reason she was um, uh, that we, we trust her um, in everything she says, then she may take the money of the ketubah without making a shibu'ah at all. However, 
if she wants to take the money from the inheritors of the husband in the case in which the husband died and she became a widow, then she nevertheless has to make a shibu'a until she and, and then take the money. If she made a conditioning in a shibu in a kitwa that she could take also from the inheritors of the husband without making a shibu'a, she may do so. However, um, if she wants to take the money of the ketubah from land that was sold from her husband to somebody else, as we, we explained it's mutar to do so, she's not allowed to do that unless she makes a shibu'ah. And even though the husband um, and her had a certain trust, and I do not know what the, exactly what this trust means, um, I'm assuming based on this halakha that we're talking about a specific some sort of something which we will probably talk about a little bit later. Ah, in the, in the Ketubah itself, the husband signed that he trusts the wife in whatever ta'ana, in whatever um, case she brings, in whatever she says. And then she does not have to make the shibu'ah. Because the tenai, this condition that we said, this type of condition could help could could be used to take money from the husband and from his family. However, to take money from other people, this condition is not valid. In other words, the um, uh, the limit of this condition is the husband and his family. More than that, no. A widow, which has a signed ketubah in her hands, in other words, a valid ketubah, and she wants to take the money from the husband's inheritors, then she makes she goes to the beddin, she makes a swear that she, in fact, this is a real ketubah, and then she takes her ketubah, she takes the money of the ketubah, even if a lot of time passed, even after a hundred years. Whether she was in the house of her husband or out of the house of her husband does not matter. As long as she has the ketubah and she makes the shibu'ah, she may take the money of the ketubah. However, if she does not have a valid written ketubah in her hands, and even she, she cannot do anything, she cannot get the money, even if she goes to take the money on the death date of her husband. He died here. Look, he's dead. He's here. He hasn't even been um, uh, buried. She doesn't have a ketubah. She does not get the money because we have a hashash. There's a possibility that maybe she sold the ketubah to somebody else and then somebody else is expecting to get the money. She made a deal, etc. We do not know and therefore she is not allowed um, because there is no certificate of marriage. There's no certificate of ketubah and no certificate of money that the husband, the husband owes the wife. Therefore, she cannot do that. And the case is such also with a divorcee, a divorced woman, must show the certificate of the ketubah in order to receive the money of the ketubah. Otherwise, she does not receive the money of the ketubah at all, ever. In what cases are these words in a place which it is customary to write a ketubah, to write a certificate of ketubah. However, in a place in which it was not customary to write a ketubah, and the money of the ketubah is um, uh, held, is, 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 the bedin has a conditioning that makes the that, that makes the minimal amount of money of the ketubah that the husband would have to pay. They they, they make the husband pay it, and they we do not and, and they do not um, uh, make a ketubah needed. They do not make a ketubah. Um, it's not customary to have a ketubah in that specific place. Then she may take the ikar ketubah. In other words, the, the minimum money of the ketubah. Um, uh, you know, even doesn't matter what ke what condition she's in. However, the addition, added money in the ketubah, like the husband, there's a minimum amount of money, let's say it's $100 that the husband has to pay, and then there's money that the husband would add um, uh, for courtesy, etc., 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 for whatever reasons, and this added money, which we call the, the, the tosef of ketubah, um, the wife may not take if she has no written certificate of ketubah. And how much may is the ikar ketubah, which the widow takes 
in a case in which she does not have a written certificate of Ketubah, if she was still, oh, and Adkama, sorry, means not how much, but till when. So if she was still in the house of her husband, in other words, she was still living in the house of her husband, then she may always, as long as she's living in the house of her husband, she may take the money of the Ketubah by going to the Bedin. However, if she was in the house of her, she went back to the house of her father after she was widowed, then she has 25 years to receive the money from the Bedin, to go take the money. However, after 25 years, it, she has no ta'ana, um, she has no um, uh, bearing on this money. Because um, we don't say, oh look, um, uh, she was embarrassed and therefore she, um, uh, we, we, we don't say that, you know, that she waited so long that she still wants to receive the money. Obviously she gave it up and we can't say, oh no, maybe she was embarrassed from the inheritors and that's why she didn't want to take the money from them. No, that's only in a case in which she lives in the same house with the inheritors and in other words, still in the house of her husband and in a case which she doesn't, then we don't say this some uh, thing and therefore 25 years have passed when she was out of the, uh, the house of her husband, she loses the money of the Ketubah. Al Khakaf Dalit, Lifikhaf, Imaya Hayurish Asmomolik Lahamizon Otehale de Tabiha Metapella Baha, Yeshlahalit Boaki to Bataha, Afilu Harhamish Vesim Shana and Penishes Shataka Vilotabam, Penishi Bosham and Hayurish. However, if in a case which the inheritors took care of the wife's um, monetary needs in regard to food, in other words, they paid her food and her whatever certain things that they would pay, the inheritors would see her every day, then we could still say, oh, maybe she was embarrassed from the inheritors and therefore did not want to take the money from the ketubah, but now let's say the inheritors aren't, she, she, but now 25 years passed, more than 25 years passed, she was still embarrassed from the inheritors, now she decided to, she mustered up some power and decided, she, uh, courage, and decided she is going to ask for the money, and therefore it is mutad, even if she was still living, only living in her father's house, as long as she had some sort of regular basis um, uh, correspondence with the inheritors of her husband. A case in which the wife says that she was married, uh, that she was never, never had relations with anybody before getting married, and therefore her ikar ketubah should be 200, and the husband or the inheritor say, no, she was married to, to me um, after she already previously had relations with someone else, and the Akar Ketubah is only a hundred. If we have witnesses that see that upon the marriage of this couple, they did the certain customs that were done only to a non-previously married or non-previously um, a woman that hasn't been previously in relations, had relations with a man, um, if we see the customs that were done for betula, then these witnesses, this witnessing is sufficient to make the husband have to give the wife 200 and not 100. However, but if she does not have witnesses on this, then she takes 100. And if the husband was still alive, then the wife may ask him to make a shibua on his ta'ana, on his, um, uh, make a shibua on what he says. And um, because he is what we call modem ta'ana, he admits to a certain extent that he owes the wife money, he just doesn't agree with the amount of money that he owes her. Because he admits something and doesn't completely say he doesn't know anything, he has to make a shibua. In order, he may make a shibua. The wife may ask him to make a shibua in order to, um, uh, so, to, to, to get it, so that she, he really pays her hundred and not two hundred. And somebody who was a child at the time of the marriage of the wedding is a sufficient enough witness to say that he saw that the customs of a betula were done on this woman when she got married, um, thus holding her allowed to receive 200 from her husband and not 100. And all these things are in a case in which there is no certificate of Ketubah written. However, if there's a Ketubah written, then the Ketubah itself um, is a witnessing of whether she was Betula or not, 
and all the, those other little problems. Ha'ishash, okay. Halakha kafav. Ha'ishash amira leba'ala hagirashtanin eminit. She'enaha me'izzapa neha bifnem ba'ala. A woman who says to her husband that he... So let me just give a quick introduction to the, the, the next three halachot. These three halachot are very interesting, and they have to do with a woman that claims that she's been divorced by her husband. Yet, she does not have a certificate of divorce. She does not have what we call a get. This is a very interesting halacha, very interesting dinim, um, and we will see them right now. So, A woman that says to her husband's face, you divorced me, you gave me a certificate of divorce, a get. She, we trust her because it is um, uh, not customary. It, 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 most women would not be so audacious or, or have so much audacity to say such a thing to their husband's face. Therefore, Therefore, a woman who showed a certificate of ketuba, a certificate of marriage. But she did not have a get. She did not have a certificate of divorce. And she said to her husband's face, you divorced me, yet I lost the certificate of divorce. Please give me the money that you owe me for the ketubah. And the husband says, no, I did not divorce you. He still has to give her the ikar ketubah, the minimum amount of money in the ketubah without the tosefet, because she, um, uh, because she's me'izapaneh, she's doing something highly audacious, which we, she wouldn't do, Unless it had some truth behind it. However, to receive the tosefet ketubah, the extra money in the, of the ketubah, she must have a certificate of divorce. Otherwise, we don't trust her for that. Now, we have another case here in which the husband says, yes, it was such that I divorced you. However, I gave you all the money of the ketubah, and I gave you the akar of the ketubah, and I gave you the tosefet of the ketubah. In other words, I gave you the akar and tosefet of the ketubah, all the money. And I wrote to you, you wrote to me, sorry, a certificate of receiving the money. And my certificate, my receipt was lost. We trust him. Why? Because the husband, it would have been much easier for him to just say, I did not divorce. And then he would have been hands-free. He wouldn't have had to do anything. But because he said, he went to this length of saying that he had the certificate and the, the receipt and the receipt was lost, we trust him. Um, uh, if he, sorry, the husband could have said, I'm, I'm just going to take a step back. The husband could have said, I did not divorce this woman at all. And then he would have to pay, we wouldn't have to pay the whole tosefet. And then he would get out of this. So, because he could have just said, I didn't divorce her at all, and then he wouldn't have had to give her the Tosefet anyway, we trust this whole story that he gave her everything, and um, uh, he makes a shivu, she said, makes a Shavu'ah and said, Ben Kitat Hefes, and he gives her the Ikar Ketubah nevertheless, even though he says he gave her the Ikar Ketubah, he still gives her the Ikar Ketubah again, and she makes a Shavu'at Heset on the additional money of the Shavu'at. She makes... Uh, what we call a shivuat said that she that he all the things he said were lies. She swears on the sefer on the said that all the things he said were a lie, and it's done. The shivuat said that the shivuat that she could push over to him as well. In other words, he could. She she says, oh, you know what? You want make me? You want to make me swear? He, I have him swear instead. Okay. Now we have a situation in which the woman has a certificate of divorce, but she lost her certificate of marriage. If it, the custom of the place in which they live is that we don't have written ketubot, then the woman may vis-a-vis the certificate of divorce receive the money for the ketubah, for the akar ketubah. However, if she lives in a place in which it is customary to write a certificate of marriage, a ketubah, even the akara ketubah she doesn't receive until she shows a certificate of ketubah, 
as we said in Halachot Kaf Aleph Kaf Bet, and the husband must make a shivua that she is lying, and then he does not have to pay. However, if he does not make the shivua, and she makes or she makes the shivua that he is lying, and he doesn't want to make a shivua that he didn't, that he's not lying, or that she's lying, then he would have to pay the kara ketubah. Halachot Kaf Tet. If a woman shows two certificates of marriage as well as two certificates of divorce, in other words, we see here that she got married, got divorced, got married, got divorced from the same husband, or um, then she, she gets the amount of money of two ketubot. However, if she shows two ketubot but only one certificate of divorce, she only gets one um, uh, worth of money. Which ketubah in the case which she has one certificate of divorce and two certificates of marriage, which ketubah does she um, ask the money from? If the both ketubah are worth the same amount of money, then she takes one of them and the, and, and the other one is um, she doesn't take. However, if one of them is worth more than the other, then she decides from whichever one of them that she wants to take, and she takes, and she is, and the other one is worthless. A woman that has two certificates of divorce and one certificate of marriage, she only and she could say, "Oh, look, um, this certificate of marriage we used it twice, and 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 he owes me double the amount of money of the certificate of marriage." We don't say that. No, she has two certificates of divorce, no problem. But because she only has one certificate of marriage, the husband has to pay her the amount of money for one certificate of marriage. So now we have a case in which a woman has one a get and a ketubah after the death of her husband, and she shows it to the bedin. If the get was preceding to the ketubah, in other words, the certificate of divorce, the date on it was before the date of the certificate of marriage, then she may take with that certificate of divorce money of akar ketubah. Because it shows that she was divorced and then married again, right? Because the, the, the date on the certificate, the certificate of marriage is after the certificate, uh, the certificate of divorce. So we have a case in which she was married, obviously, because, as we see in the certificate of divorce. And then when she got married again, now she got married again. And she doesn't have a certificate of divorce because the husband died. So she gets, with this certificate of divorce, she gets what we call a karaketubah. This is a place in which it's customary not to write a ketubah. Then she gets a ketubah with this certificate of divorce. And the second, the ketubah that has a date after the certificate of divorce, she gets all the money out of this ketubah. Why? Because we see that the certificate of divorce was written before the ketubah, and the ketubah was the next another marriage, a non-connected marriage to this, pre, to this previous marriage, and she gets all the money of that of, of that ketubah that's written on the ketubah, whether it's a thousand, ten thousand, doesn't matter what the amount of money is. She gets akara ketubah and tosefet ketubah. Vim ketubah kadima etaget in la ela ketubah ahad she ketubata ketubah rishona hazira. However, if the ketubah was proceeding to the get, she only has one ketubah. Because if the ketubah was proceeding to the get, and there was a get, and we have a ketubah with a date before the get, so what happens is we, it means that this ketubah was an original marriage, and then he got and then she got divorced, and then she got remarried, but she doesn't have the ketubah for the second marriage. So she only receives one akar ketubah for that second marriage, only in a case in which the place in which she lives is a place with where they don't write ketubot. It could be that she moved to another place and then she married, remarried the same husband in a different place in which it is not customary to write ketubot and now she has a previous ketubot from the previous marriage which she did in a place where it was customary to write ketubot in the get, where it was customary to write, where, you know, where she, where she got divorced, etc. Now we have a case in which a wife, although we say, according to the Torah, we have a law that two or three witnesses are the are the minimum to consider something true to consider a, 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 a fact true uh, in, in in court in the context of a court of law 
Nevertheless, in the case in which a, there are certain cases in which the wife could be a witness that her husband died, she could say to the Bedin, my husband died, I saw him die, and the Bedin believes the wife. Even though, hey, women are pesulot la'adut, they're not allowed to witness in Bedin, and B, she's one witness. And C, Adam Karobe said, Asmo, usually a person, when they witness on themselves, we, we don't allow them to witness on themselves. We have three factors here which would, in any normal case, make the woman not allowed, make a person not allowed to be witness. But when it's a case of the death of a husband, there's a special allowance of the wife to witness that her husband died. Why? And we'll see, there's a special situation. Why? How come? Because if nobody saw the husband die, and the wife saw the husband die, and now we don't let her get remarried, she saw the husband die, this is, this is like... You know, this is too, meaning this is the type of thing that the Hachamin didn't go to such lengths to be Mahmir on the woman. If the woman says that she saw the husband die and nobody else knows where he is and nobody sees him, etc., and, 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 and the conditions are all met, that we will see these the conditions in the following halachot, then we believe her. We'll see here. In we will see more on this. A woman may say, my husband has died. Um, my husband has died so that she can marry another person. Why? What is the reason? So in Al-Khad Gerushin, Perek Yudbet Al-Khad Tetvav, it says, Hazaka she'inaha mekalkelet asmaha. Vete'esor asmaha al-zeh ve'azeh. Vetafsid ketubataha m'zeh u'mzeh. Vetosibaneha mamzerim bedubari asu ilhi galot lakol. V'yifshal lakhish elod it'un ta'ana shimuhai sofo lavo v'imivada'a o yivada'a shuhai. The, a, a wife wouldn't lie that her husband died to marry somebody else because this is because if the husband is alive, this is a lie which is very easily could come out and be seen to everyone. And now this wife will have a situation which her children from the second husband are all mamzerim, and she does not receive the money of the ketubah from either one of the husbands. And of course. Shemra, everybody sees what she did. It's, it's not something which, is, which, which stays secret. It's something which does not, is not bound to stay secret. It's something which is easily could be shown to everyone if the live husband ends up coming and saying, hey, I'm alive, this is my wife, why is she married to somebody else? And, that, and, and because of that, we trust the wife on this specific deen. And one of the conditions of the ketubah is that if she marries somebody else after her husband died, she still may receive the amount of money written in the ketubah, even though she married somebody else, even though she didn't take the money before she got married. And therefore, if a woman goes to the Bedin and says, my husband died, please allow me to get married, then they allow her to get married, and then they make her make a shivu'ah, and she may receive her ketubah even after she gets married. However, if the woman comes and says, my husband died, she comes to the Bedin, and she says, my husband died, please give me the money of the ketubah. We don't trust her and don't listen to her, even if she says afterwards, I want to marry somebody else. Why? Because she came her... Her initial um, words to the Bedin, her initial um, um, request from the Bedin was to receive money. And receiving money, the receipt of money from the Bedin could be something, is something that may never come out to, to light. She could leave, run away. Nobody will ever, she, she could, nobody will ever know that she took the money of the husband's ketubah. Even if the husband comes suddenly, he's alive. You know, she could say, look, I, this is something that, that, that we don't let her do. And therefore, and therefore, even um, uh, if she wants to um, uh, remarry, she says, hey, please, my husband died, let me remarry. After she said, after she originally requested, if her initial request was for the money, we don't trust her. Halakha uh, continuation of the halakha. So, this is, so far, we've been in halakha lamedale for the past um, a couple of minutes. However, if the woman initially, her initial request was to remarry, and on the side, after that initial request, she said, also, please give me the money for my ketubah. Here we let her. Because the deceit is less possible and less um, 
obvious if there was some type of deceit because also she's coming on something she wants to remarry somebody we see here that she has no problem um, in remarrying which shows that she is most likely not lying however if she comes and says at the same time give me my ketubah and let me get remarried we let her get remarried but we don't give her a ketubah how come because although initially she asked for the ketubah and we said that oh and if she goes and asks for the ketubah alone we don't let her remarry it's a different case she asked for them at the same time so we let her remarry because remarriage is something which she would be embarrassed to do if her husband was still alive because he could come and show, hey, I'm married. They could catch her. However, we don't give her the money for the ketubah because we're still a little bit weary on her ta'ana. We say maybe she, she really isn't remarried. We don't know this. Maybe, so, so, so maybe she really, the husband didn't die and she came initially for the money. Therefore, we don't give her the money. However, if she took the money on her own accord, in other words, she grabbed the money from the husband's property or real estate, then the Bedin does not take it away from her because they did let her get remarried and it's just a Gezira on top of, on top of that Gezira. Um, and with this we finish chapter 16 of Chodishut. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen.